All right, we are definitely live. All right, according to the Zoom. So, hey, everybody, welcome to a very rare, yet very special episode of Insufferable Bastards. My name is Joe Grillo for the purposes of this broadcast, and I'm joined in this late night live stream by Mr. Matt Masto from Mondo Creepy. Hello, Matt. Re greetings and salutations. So, if you not don't know what uh, Mondo Creepy is, it's a horror hostess show. Matt writes this show on YouTube. He writes the show, he, uh, he edits the show, he directs the show, he's a co-founder of the show, and I suggest everybody, God damn it, go out, search Mondo Creepy. Thank you. We're also now on OSI 74. I was going to say, yeah, and I downloaded, so you can get that on, on, uh, on the Roku app, if you got a Roku. Next episode, well, episode two will be going up uh, next week. So, in, yeah, in the history of Mondo Creepy now, what are we up to? Four episodes? Three episodes? Uh, we just did uh, the fifth episode was, was the brand new one that uh, happened last month. And so now you can find these episodes in addition to YouTube. They're going on. What's the name of the channel again? OSI74 on that, Roku. I was going through it. I downloaded it onto my Roku. And just like all the weirdness on that channel it's, is that's awesome. That's what I love about it. It's just weirdness. It's, it's kind of what... Uh, local TV. Well, it's sort of a, got that local TV feeling from about 30, 35 years ago that you that we grew up with. Uh, it also has like a sort of public access vibe to it that I also like. But like, it's just a bunch of really creative shows by a bunch of really interesting creative content uh, makers. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see that you're on there, you and Lilith. So congratulations. And Lilith is uh, is is the host, not her. Yes. Jennifer is her name Jennifer. in real life, the actress, yes. and she plays the character Lilith von Bloodworth. And uh, she's the horror hostess and they go through and screen these movies and there's always like a live chat going on. It's good stuff. You people should check it out. The best way I could describe it, it's kind of like if Elvira meets USA up all night. Exactly. Yeah, it is definitely good stuff. And speaking of live streams real quickly, Matt, I know we're going to talk about Halloween ends because Matt literally just, just finished. finished. We did an episode last night, Brian and I of this podcast with the pint of pop culture podcast that I posted last night and then the audio went up today. I noticed uh, that I'm going to watch talking about I didn't want to spoil my my experience of Halloween ends before I saw that. Yeah, no, but I'm just interested in talking about it with you because I think it's, it's definitely a, a, a movie that provokes a discussion. But I just want to throw out there because I had mentioned live streaming and and Mondo Creepy earlier this evening while you were watching Halloween ends. One of the channels on YouTube uh, of the stuttering John Dabbler verse called Why Do I Podcast? I don't know why I said cast like that, but why do I podcast? And I that show has come up on my feed. I'm aware of it. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend it. The dude that does it is awesome. Him and this other podcast, I want to say it was called Dabblers Unanimous. I think it was called Dabblers Unanimous. I think I've seen that one too pop up on my feed. Now that I'm, the algorithm changes the moment you start doing a couple of stuttering John podcasts. And you go down that rabbit hole. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be running guns or strapping a bomb on myself in another week or two based on all the content I'm getting somehow related in YouTube's mind to stuttering John. But okay. So they teamed up and they live streamed with a chat, the movie one too many written by stuttering and starring stuttering John. Ooh. So it was, I mean, that movie, it's every bad as, as you'd think it, it would be. But it's, it's particularly bad because there's like a scene where, you know, Stuttering John, I mean, he looks good. It's, it's the younger How Stuttering John. Came out in 2008. 2008. It's got I a didn't cameo. I know about this. 
It's got a cameo by Mark Cuban, right? This was like he was on the stuttering uh, or the uh, Tonight Show in those days. So you got you got Mark Cuban in there in a random thing. It's surprisingly and weirdly dirty, but it's it's like it is stuttering John. It's his id. It, it's terrible, you know. It's this low budget, awful movie. But I just had so much fun watching it. So I want to thank those guys, and I know you'd be into that too. Oh, I'm so. totally into it. Let me ask you: better or worse than a light and dark production? It, you know, it's okay. So light and dark is an ultra low budget of film production company. Matt and I are acquaintances of the writer director of all those Glenn Baisley. And I got to say, it's, it's about that level. It's about that level there. Uh, it's stuttering. John is in every scene in this movie. You can, and you know how like stuttering John, if you ever watched this podcast, he laughs at his own jokes, yeah. right? That's his big thing. And they're not funny. I mean, we all do it, but he like has like an, he just, I guess, cause he's got OCD in the movie, in the script, He'll say a joke and then, and then he'll rep he'll repeat it to a character and like like draw attention to it. So it's like the script version of laughing at your own joke, and it's like you know, it's below Jackie one liner level of, of comedy. So I mean, I highly recommend people seek at it out. At least there's a charm when Jackie Martin laughs at his own jokes. Yeah, this is like just somehow it always made it funnier to me when Jackie laughed at his own joke. And, and I don't make this. I don't mean to make this about Stuttering John's one too many, but I'm just, I've been, it was just, I was overcome with, with emotion watching it because it's just so bizarre because the movie, there's no structure to it, right? So the whole thing is John is a character named Tom who just wants to have a, him and his girlfriend want to have a threesome. They want to invite another woman uh, into the, the bedroom. So that's, that's the plot, right? I give him points and, for not naming the main character John. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it, and it, it, is, it is John. Like, it's so ridiculous. And it's like he got all his friends from Tony and Tina's wedding to, to be in it. But he I eventually... I forgot he did that. Yeah, oh, yeah, it has a very... I saw that, too. I remember going... I, I, I urinated next to Stuttering John and somewhere in My New York City. My parents went to that. It was, at a, it was at a former church. It was like one of those productions, mm -hmm. off-Broadway things. But uh, he eventually gets the threesome. And, I mean, it's terribly filmed. It You know, it's... It's what you expect. It, it's Fairview Falls level. It's that low budget. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe, I guess it was a $500,000 movie from what they were saying in the chat. And I don't, I don't doubt anything dabblers say because they're, they're on point with everything. So, but then, and I'm out of breath, like he has the threesome and you think like that's going to be the climax of the movie, right? I mean, not literally or, or something, you know, but then it, yeah. it goes, it goes on for like another 45 minutes. It's just so meandering. There's no third kind act per se. Kind of like Halloween ends. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It is true in that way. So. All right. So anyway, that was one too many. That's been my Saturday night. That's what kind of life I have. But all right. So like I said, we talked about Halloween ends last night. Matt, you just got through with watching Halloween ends. What the hell is your impression of the last Halloween movie? Uh, it's first and foremost, it's a movie that didn't know what it wanted to be. It, it feels like there's this there's this movie going on about a kid going bad and then they just tapped on some Halloween shit. I had said last night it, it, it almost felt like there was a script going around about this uh, young man who accidentally kills a child and how that affects him. And maybe he becomes a slasher of some kind like and then somebody got a hold of that script and they needed to do a third Halloween. And they're like, hey, wait a second. What if we take this script and marry it to our Halloween end script that, hey, we got a movie. Because yeah. it does have, it does feel like there are different, literally different scripts at work. There are also moments for, and I don't know why, 
It felt like somebody said, all right, let's take Twin Peaks and turn it into a slasher film. And that's, that's exactly what Spears said last night, too. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he had said that. He goes, oh, yeah, the whole, the whole way it wanders around the town, you get to know all these different characters, which is just, yeah. of course, never been in any other Halloween movie. But was there anything that you, and this is spoiler galore, so don't feel free to, uh, you know, I mean, don't hold back. Uh, what is there anything you you liked about it? Are there any positives you can say about this movie? Um, no, <laughs> I wish there. <laughs> I honestly wish there. It's not that it was terrible, but there are so many things that linger. Like, why would this kid ever stay in this town to begin with? And secondly, you're of all the the groups that you could have to bully somebody, the marching band. We're supposed to be scared of the thugs in the marching band. Let me let me try to see if this clip will play. It might not work from Zoom to YouTube. I have a feeling this might not work, but this is a clip of the aforementioned marching band. We're seniors, okay? We've been mm-hmm. practicing for a show the whole year, you know, loading up for uh, tonight's game, and we're in the fucking marching band. <laughs> That's a line. Okay. So I that's, hope a, that's like a, a I hope that's a Danny McBride troll. It, it, okay, that has to be right. It has that to was be. that was one of the questions we were running around in our heads last night, and the the headline of the review for this movie in the Hollywood Reporter was: Is David Gordon, whatever his name is, Green? David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green. Is he trolling us? Is this movie just a giant troll, or or is it like just a big mistake? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think the whole movie is an entire troll, but I think that he said every once in a while, just to make sure people were paying attention. He's like, I'm going to fuck with him right now. And do you think it's worse than Halloween, Halloween kills? Like how does it rank? Yes, it is worse than Halloween kills. The reason it's worse than Halloween kills is because at least Halloween kills gives you a Halloween movie. It's pure Michael Myers from beginning to end. It's about nothing but Michael Myers. This is not that. Like I said, this is a movie with some Halloween stuff tacked on. And what about the whole, I mean, I guess if we were to go through the plot real quick, I mean, the movie opens, you meet this teenage character, I guess, or late high school, right? Right around, you know, male yeah. about that age. He's babysitting. He accidentally kills the kid he's babysitting. Which was interesting. I thought it was an interesting choice to start the movie with. And it had my I, attention. Absolutely. So the, the kid's parents come home and then it cuts ahead and then we get to know this kid, I guess, is like working in a in, in a scrapyard. And he's sort of a pariah in town because of what he did by accident. But he doesn't leave the town. He stays there. Yeah, he yeah. He stays there. <laughs> Roots planted deeply. And eventually, like, he hooks up with Laurie Strode's granddaughter. Laurie Strode has also not left the town. She has, he, she has put her roots deeper in, in Haddonfield. And so it, there's a love story that takes place to some extent between Cor and the granddaughter. Did, did that just strike you as weird? Did you, did you respect any of that? It, it, I mean, I thought the performances were good. I thought they were both, all the performances were pretty good except for the marching band kids. But what are your thoughts on that? They figured out what that relationship was going to be. Um, I think that I think it would have been a lot more interesting if he had corrupted her throughout the course of the movie. And at the end, they're both sort of in like a, a, a natural born killers type of uh, relationship 
with Michael Myers kind of looming in the background, which would have been far more interesting. But I think they were they kind of chickened out. It seemed like they were going there because at one point she says, yeah, let's burn it down. She agrees. With them, let's burn it down together. I'm like, OK, things well, are they're about to go crazy here. And then that know, never happens. And I know the exact scene you're talking about. You got Corey, who I, I am now calling Roy from that Friday the 13th. What was it? Part part three that has Roy with the blue mask. Is that the yes. that right? I think that's so, I think that's part three. So, I mean, Corey is kind of, because eventually, I mean, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but eventually Roy, there is, he's kind of becoming the new Michael Myers. That's the yeah. whole plot old. twist that I've just ruined for everybody. But yeah, there's a scene in the diner. Corey sits down with the girl and he's like, yeah, I want to burn it all down. And she's kind of like, I want to leave. I want to get out of this place. There's nothing here for me anymore. And, and he's like, oh, let's kill everybody. And yes, the, it, it insinuates that maybe that's going to happen. It's going to be like a natural born killers until the deputy dog guy, the deputy dog guy comes over the cop. Uh -huh. And this is what he says. He literally interrupts this interesting part of the movie to say this. Pretty cool. <laughs> Hopefully people can hear this. <laughs> hey, you said you were, uh, you were going to call. You were, you were going to call, but you didn't call. Either. No, I owe you a call. Did I, did I do something wrong? I'm with someone. Oh, Oops, uh, sorry for that. Sorry for the intrusion. Well, um, you know, it's, uh, it's Joe Grillo. So, hey, Joe. Hey. Joe Grillo. Joe Grillo's birthday today. Joe's Grillo's birthday. Ross, uh, he made a sponge cake. Sponge cake. It's Joe Grillo's birthday, and I made a sponge cake. I don't care. I, I said that last night. I posted it in the audio only uh, that I posted to this YouTube page. I can't get over it. That's a line in this movie. It has to be Danny McBride trolling again. Just like, yeah, some of his stuff is just in there. Yeah. And so as the, as the movie progresses, you know, Corey, we meet Michael Myers. Giant spoiler alerts for anybody. What happens is Corey gets thrown off the bridge by these, these dastardly marching band the children. Evil, evil marching band. I was the in the marching band. Right, yeah, one of them has no eyebrows. He's like the snare drummer, and uh -huh. he knocks he knocks. And you know a he's knife. the drummer. You know he's the drummer because he always has his sticks twirling in every scene. Because he never knows when he's yeah. he never knows when he's going to need those 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 Vic Firth drumsticks to knock a knife out of somebody's yeah. hand, which is literally what he does in this movie. And as somebody that played guitar in bands in high school, that is the shittiest uh, drum twirl stick twirler I've ever seen. There's like no conviction behind it. It's kind of like you know the kid just tried to learn this five minutes before he had to get on camera and he's got like a no mullet real, like confidence and he's got a mullet he's got a mullet and and, and like you know it, it kind of looks like the uh, united colors of benetton in the diversity of this bad this badass group and then the, the the head kid sounds like he's from brooklyn for some reason there's a lot of misplaced bronx and brooklyn accents from like 1963 shoved into this movie but so the marching bands, the marching band throws Corey off a bridge. But before they throw him off, they have this, another, another, which I think uh, will be a classic line. What is your problem with this kid? This guy fucked up the LeBaron. This guy fucked up the LeBaron. Because this marching band, they get around town in a Chrysler LeBaron convertible. Not even a red one. It's like, it's like a mauve color or something like that. Off-white. I had my mom's Buick Regal. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I knew a couple of LeBaron owners, uh, in the day, back in the day. It's another thing. What, what year was this movie taking place? That was confusing yeah. too. So after Corey gets thrown off the bridge, he's miraculously relatively unhurt, non-life-threatening injuries. Just gets up. He just gets up and he, oh no, no, I'm sorry. He's dragged. He's dragged yes. into the, into like a drainage tunnel. Yeah. 
Yeah. By... And not killed instantly. Right. What do you mean when he, when he jumps off? No, no. When after he gets dragged into the tunnel, he then wakes up in the tunnel by himself. With right? and, and we learn that Michael Myers is a hermit living under a bridge in this drainage tunnel for, what I guess, the last eating? couple of years. I, I've been wondering, like, what, what do you think he's been eating? Right. I, I, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, half the, and then there's a, there's a there's a hobo living under the bridge who kind of knows he's there, but doesn't know he's there. He's never thought to wander in or anything like that. And apparently Michael is cool with the elderly. I mean, he's never he never bothered the guy, I guess. Well, it's important to have a good relationship with your neighbors. And as Brian Spears, the co-host usually of this podcast, pointed out, not only is he living in this underground tunnel, he still insists on wearing his mask. <laughs> Even though no one knows he's there, you think that would be uncomfortable. And the overalls. He's got, he's totally, he's totally. So I don't know what happens le- next, but the big, the big plot twist and, and spoiler alert, you bastards, if you haven't seen it, although I don't think we have anybody watching, but he grabs Corey, starts to choke him. And there's this moment where, he where sees they, into his eyes. they literally, the evil. they look into their eyes, but what is happening there? Cause we're, wasn't there a Friday the 13th movie? Like after Jason went to Manhattan, where the, like Jason's evil would would go from person to person, wasn't well, that like was, a well? The, the the sheriff eats his heart to get the the power of Jason, and then I think it goes from him to somebody. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But Do you remember what remember number that is? Oh, I want to say it's is it seven or eight. I probably should have looked that up. I've had 48 eight. hours to do that, and I still have it because I'm lazy. That, like, right now, I can't remember. I keep assuming that somebody I'll have on this podcast will know that, but nobody does. But what, what's your theory there? Was it, because we were debating this last night, was it like they, they identify with the evilness embedded in each, each, in each other, or was it supernatural, or what? I think it might have been a little bit from column A and column B. It was the darkness in the kid reaching out and calling out to the darkness and Michael Myers and Michael Myers transferred more of his, of his evil uh, spirit into the kid. Maybe. I can't believe this movie got made in the, in, in this, this, this is a movie that's been a major movie. Like, you know, a big release. And then from that moment on, he's bad. The kid, the kid's going bad. And we know he's bad because they keep telling us he's got dead eyes, essentially. But it's like, I don't know, is he really pulling it off? He, looked, he looks the same he, as he did. He looked the same exact guy. So he leaves the tunnel, if I'm, remember this, if I'm remembering this correctly, and then this hobo that's been sort of kicking around as a cliche plot device just runs up to him like the dude in Friday the 13th telling the kids, stay away out of the woods. And, and you know, he, he gets stabbed, right? The kid, Corey, stabs this old man, old With man the- hobo. With the old man hobo's knife. Right, right. Yeah, the why the hobo suddenly snapped. I didn't get that either. Uh, and then immediately, pretty much, and again, this is all just from memory, he, Corey, goes back to now his girlfriend, the Laurie Strode's granddaughter, essentially. They, they've fallen in love. They're completely And the first words he says to her are, I killed somebody. Right. Yeah, he tells her right up. He's like, yeah, I just killed somebody back there. And the, her reaction is just kind of like, it's as if he said like, oh, I accidentally wet my pants last night. Sorry about that. Like, there's well, I no. Think she thinks she's, he's talking about the kid. She's like, yes, I know you, you, you killed somebody. Oh, I missed that. Which is that. why oh, then they're okay. back, back in the house. Somehow he's, they're able to get into the house. 
Okay, I completely missed that because I was under the impression he just told her he killed somebody, and, and then she doesn't she misses all the signs that at least you know, that's the what kids I a screw up. You're probably right because now now you're saying that uh, you're you're probably right. But and then okay, so the kid starts. He's essentially becoming the new Michael Myers. Yeah, and he starts to off all these annoying characters that are just basically introduced in the plot. And this is the first Halloween movie where I've really rooted for characters to, I'm like, kill the, will you kill this doctor already? Will you kill this yeah. annoying nurse already? And, and that was bizarre too. So Maybe that's part of like what they were trying to see. Like, see, there's a little bit of evil in you too because you, you're cheering for these oh. characters to have the downfall. Maybe, that maybe I'm was, looking too much into it. But. Well, that yeah, because I thought were, about that. John from the Pint, a pop culture podcast, was wondering, like, what's is there a message in this movie? Is this a message movie? He was throwing out there, is it about like bullying, anti-bullying? But maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's trying to get America. It's showing it, it, it's holding a mirror up to our violent nature or some shit like that. Because I don't it, know, because it it's batshit be crazy. It seems to be a running theme because whenever like you see lawyers from the street, people are coming up and saying, it's your fault. It's you drew this in. I was kind of bummed. All right. Maybe this is like, I don't mean to be cold hearted, but yeah, one of the, one of the past victims uh, of Michael Myers is rolled up to Lori as she's leaving a grocery store. And it's like the, it's, it's the black woman from the last from the, Halloween. Yeah. Who was, she was married to that famous, uh, I wanted the comedian to be the one in the, uh, the, the Boston yeah. comedian, that big name whose name escapes you right now. But, you know, the one that Joe Rogan and all those guys all worship for being Lenny, Lenny, tough Lenny Clark, Lenny Clark. Yeah, that's Lenny his Clark. name. I wanted Lenny Clark to have lived and he was going to rescue me, I think. Right. Yeah. He's the best. But yeah, the movie, it stops every five minutes to remind Lori strode that this is all her fault somehow and i i don't even get the the logic behind it totally i don't get the logic behind that at all and there's all this sort of weird psycho babble stuff about dealing with trauma and your past and like the essence of evil i guess in some way it's a little pretentious um i don't you know it it it, it employs this plot device where Lori's writing her memoir of course and it's like, so she's just speaking her thoughts. You know what I mean? It's not really a performance. They're just saying, here's how Laurie feels, audience. And, you know, and it goes on and on and on. It tried to be weirdly poignant in those parts. With like, yeah, the way it treats her, the way it treats the relationship. Even, even the ending, even that, that, that last shot. It's just, it's, it's like, why are we being poignant now? And one of the things that happens is that somehow... Lori, because the kid, Corey, shows up at Jamie Lee Curtis's house. She can recognize evil. And he stands because he stands. I guess it's the bush. Is, is the bush actually the it's, hero of the it's movie? The same, it's the same shot from, from the original movie. Right. The, that iconic John Carpenter that icon, shot of yeah. the shape standing next to. Yeah. And so she recognizes that. And then she goes downstairs. And then there's really like a cheesy thing. You know what? I even I even have a. This is just good. Can you, are you hearing these all? I'm, I wonder where I'm driving. Yeah, no, I'm people. hearing everything. Okay. I'm hearing everything. So she runs downstairs to confront what she has recognized as evil based on her experience in 1978. And then like kind of this happens. This is not really, this isn't was more a visual thing, but I'll play it anyway. But the, the through the years montage. Oh, well, this is just, right, I didn't mean to scare you. This is just where she's look. she's gone downstairs and she's looking where he was at the bush, but he's disappeared. And then he literally just and jumps out behind her. And then we get the jump scare. It's unintentionally hilarious. Oh, right. sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm sorry, just waiting I, for Allison. 
I wait for Allison. So then it builds this conflict. Corey? I didn't realize I played, I recorded this much. So the, I don't know, anyway, the broad shows up. And so then Jamie Lee Curtis, her motivation is now to sort of break up this budding relationship. To save her granddaughter. Between, yeah, because has, she has recognized evil in this kid. The kid also has a really overprotective mother who sounds like she's from like Canarsie or something like that, even though it's Haddonfield, Illinois. That was all ridiculous. And then we get the husband of the kid and he's only in one scene just to like, yeah, you're right. He's, he's totally, I, I, I totally felt it too. And then you never see him again. Oh, the, okay. That, and they, Matt's talking about the father of the child who dies in the opening scene, who died yeah. by accident because of yeah. the, this Corey kicking a door open. Yeah. And then there's that weird scene where Corey goes into a bar where he first is like meeting uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter and he runs into the mother of the kid yeah. he accidentally killed. And she's, I mean, that was just bad. Looks over and she's all like drunk and you she's know she's all drunk in the same costume too. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't pick she wears. So that's every. Oh my god, that was. I don't know why do they keep do they did a lot of that in in Halloween kills. It's just like why do they stuff so many characters? Why do they feel the need Not to like, stuff that many characters into this movie? What was the name of the town in Back to the Future? I have no idea. I I forget what it, it's like on the tip of my tongue, but like the whole universe seems to weirdly go through like, like this town is like its own universe. It has its own radio station. Like operating 24 only, hours operating a day. 24 hours a day only with one employee. Town, with, with one, one employee, employee. And, and only just, for the town. He just talks about the worst yeah. mass murder in the yeah. town and the nation's yeah. history yeah. 24 hours a day on a loop. Because like whenever you hear those sound bites from the DJ, he's never talking about, hey, the county or hey, like half the state. It's always Haddonfield. Coming to you live. That one place, it's like a metropolis. Even the layout of everything, because it starts off, we're in Haddonfield, and there's that shot, and I, I, it's foreshadowing, shadowing, where the kid looks up and it's like, what they live in like the Home Alone house. Like yeah. somehow that that massive house is there. and then But then for some reason, Jamie Lee Curtis has moved into, like her house is beautiful, but the window, the, the house next door to her is all boarded up. It was just, it's all over the place. Like, and then it has like I didn't like even this, notice that it was boarded up. Yeah, it was, I, I, I don't get what's going on. I want like an economic report on the, on the demographics of this town and what's going on there. What's the median income in this place? I've never seen a place like it with such diversity uh, of wealth and, and what have you, but it, it all exists in here. Oh, and then by the way, this whole time, Michael Myers. Right. He's living the, in the, the sewer. The reason everyone is wants to see the movie and paid whatever 20 bucks to see this is just hanging out in the sewer literally the whole time. What do you think about the kid? It looked like he was going to become some type of scarecrow killer, but you see it once you, like when he kills the, the, the doctor's assistant in the, in the doctor's house and, and you right. Say, okay. I'm choking to death. Sorry. Okay. We were going to pass the torch onto like some new thing. This is, unexpected but okay i'm gonna go with it and then now we go right back to michael myers and then that's the last you ever see of the mask again it's just thrown away there's so just many that, there's so many plots like little plot points you think they're gonna go one way and they just they're just out there and they're gone and they're gone how about you had a tweet i saw saying like oh my god i'm like 45 or 50 minutes yeah. into this i felt the same way it was yeah. like that first hour, it was really tough to get there. I stopped to go to the bathroom and I paused it and then I, and I looked at the timer and, and it already felt like, man, I must have been watching this for at least an hour and 25 minutes. Like, 
oh man, I'm only an hour and three minutes in. And you look at what's remaining and it's almost a whole other hour. It's just so unnecessary. If this whole- had just been about, if it had just been about Michael Myers. The other thing we were saying, I felt like this was on the level of all those crappy sequels that like came out when we were in high school. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. it's, it's totally interchangeable with all that crap, even though you have so much talent, uh, especially compared to like, you know, Danielle Harris and or whoever, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, there's like real, there's real actors here. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, don't, I don't mean to bad mouth Daniel Harris. Let's smirch the name of Daniel Harris. But. There was, I only thought of that because there was this, it wasn't Dabblers Anonymous. I spent so much time in Dabblers Anonymous on Reddit. I, I really am developing a problem. But there was, a, it was either on Facebook or Reddit. It was a, it was all the Halloween cast, but like Daniel Harris was there. This, I think it was yeah. the premiere for Halloween Ends. And somebody cropped it. And so it's Daniel Harris leaning into Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis, because it's just the two of them, they cut everybody yeah. else. Jamie Lee Curtis just has this awkward look. <laughs> Like, who are you? So it's like the caption was like, you know, when mom forgets that one daughter, it was just sort of, it was an insult to Daniel Harris and I felt bad. But my point being like that, her movies didn't have like the weight of a, no. Uh, you know, I, but, that's what I re- but it, it's funny you should mention that because like when he put on the scarecrow mask, I thought we were going to get like another, oh, Daniel Harris in the clown suit type of thing. Like, okay, this is like a new addition to, to the to the lore of or the canon of Halloween or whatever, and and now it's it's we're gonna have a whole bunch of maybe a couple more sequels with you know the the scarecrow killer guy with Michael, but no no nope, nope, they're just like I ah, forget that, which I think fans would have. I mean, and I was saying this again, I'm repeating myself, but I think we all uh, can acknowledge that this franchise ran out of gas a while ago. But we're like, all right, you know, with the talent behind this and Blumhouse, and this is like a tentpole movie. It's weirdly become a tentpole movie in 2022 somehow. So everyone's going to see it when we all hope for the best. It's like the same thing with a Rob Zombie or a Kevin Smith film, even though we know they're going to be bad, but we see them anyway. My point being, like, we would have accepted the wackiness of having a new Michael Myers uh, with yeah. a new, you know, we, I think people would have been accepting uh, had they done that, but they just decided to pull all their punches, introduce the idea and not follow through. It's freaking amazing. It's only going to be another five years before they reboot it anyway. So they'll do it. Yeah, it doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. Right. They'll, they'll just do it again and again, but we should talk about, all right. So eventually you get Corey and Jamie Lee Curtis and her granddaughter and Michael Myers all meet up in a house. Well, Michael Myers comes a little later. And it's really bizarre too. Like it's just like the pacing is weird. The pacing's I, way weird. I don't even I don't even realize like what the central conflict is between Laurie Strode and Corey and the granddaughter. Is he coming there to kill them all? Like I I don't even I'm not I wasn't hundred percent sure. I'm not that smart. But I, I had trouble even following the logic of what I was mean, happening. Obviously at the end he was trying to kill Lori. But we take way too long getting to that point. For, for it to even possibly make any sense. They seriously could have cut down probably 20 minutes of this movie, and it, it probably would have been a far more interesting watch. And then the kid, Corey, I mean, I don't know how spoilerly we spoil, whatever that word is, we want to be, but I mean, he's kind of dispatched sort of unceremoniously. It's just kind of like he kind yeah. of, he, he does the die twice thing, but it's yeah. not like he really comes back to life. 
Uh, and I guess, spoiler alert, Michael Myers is actually the one that ends up killing him, but it's not like in a King Kong versus Godzilla way. The guy's already been He's stabbed. already dead. Right. It's so anticlimactic. Yeah, what is the point of that? Yeah. And I don't even so why did Michael Myers kill him? What did that I what did that Well, because he stole his mask. He beat him up and stole his mask. <laughs> That's why. Oh. oh god, and we're leaving out one of the one of the most bizarre images I've ever seen. I mentioned the cop, uh, Joe Grillo's best friend, deputy whatever his name was. He gets lured into the the lair of Michael Myers, yes. the underground tunnel by Corey. Corey brings this his cop, his the rival for his girl. Although he's not a rival in any way, you know, he's, no, he, he looks he's, like me. He's literally a 48 year old dude. And, uh, so they kill, cake. they kiss the sponge cake guy. He's very good at making sponge cake. They, they kill him together. And yeah. Michael Myers does a dance or has an no, orgasm. No, 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 or... here's, I think what it is, is that he's been weakened because he hasn't killed in a long time. So like every time, He's driving the knife through the guy. He's getting more of his evil strength back. It's kind of like Hulk Hogan. It's exactly like Hulk Hogan. He's hulking up. It was what, 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 totally would Hogan do the up. ear, or was that the Rock? Would Hogan do the Hogan did the ear? So it's yeah. like when you drop the arm, and it's like what? Yeah, or whatever. He's ah, oh, he's still there. Oh, I didn't oh. even think of that. It's a bizarre scene. Yeah. He's I immediately. Up. I immediately went to sexual because I've, I've been watching the Dahmer documentary on Netflix. But, and I'm like, wait, what, what? Why are they? This is like psychosexual. What yeah. the hell is going on in this? Yeah. But I guess and, that, that's, but that makes more speaking sense. Speaking of pro wrestling, I did think of this other thing that, that makes no sense because it, it makes Michael Myers a lesser villain. In wrestling, there's a thing called putting the other guy over where you're going to do what's called the job where you're, it's, your, it's your job to lose and make the other guy look as good as he's supposed to look. So when you get did, hit, you, yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. hit. Yeah. And like you lose spectacularly. Um, how are we supposed to like see Michael Myers as like the ultimate personification of evil? If this kid can just come into his lair, <laughs> slap him around and steal his mask. Yeah. You're I not get, putting your main character over. It, yeah. It's, it's just, it's so strange. And, and like, I get that they've already introduced the concept in the past new movies that, okay, Michael Myers is now old. We get that. Right. But yeah, to have him just feeble and. Yeah. But then it doesn't make sense because then there's the other part where you go back to the to the doctor's house where he actually lifts the girl up with one hand and stabs her through through the chest into the wall and she's just hanging there. Yeah, it doesn't make. Like he it, has the strength to do that. It makes. Where did no that come from? Sense. But it's from him hulking up from before, I guess. And then there's the the final final conflict between. Laurie's eventually it comes down to, of course, right. Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers, which but, I also thought was very anticlimactic. Right. Well. Yeah. He and he throws people, around the kitchen a couple of times and then which, she pulls out a knife and stabs him, which is Spoiler uh, alert. when he when he throws her around the kitchen. I also thought that was, un, it was there was just something funny of watching, you know, a geriatric Jamie Lee Curtis yeah. get her head slammed. It's, it it uh -huh. seemed like slapstick to me. I don't know. Is, is there I thought he was going to rub soap into her eyes. Probably. It was just like, yeah, it becomes kind of a wrestling match. Uh -huh. You know, like I thought she was going to be like cutting herself. Yeah. And the whole thing has a wrestling vibe to it. And then there's a weird thing for like, you know, Michael Myers. He He's sort of he's a little tricky in this. Like yeah. earlier in the film, he does. He there there there's kind of there's an effective scene in the in the junkyard where he, the marching band finally gets killed. Yeah. And he he decides to take a moment to torch someone. Yeah. Well, like with a literal torch, but he has well, to like 
That's, he has to go turn Corey. it on. Well, that's Corey. That's not Michael Myers. That's Corey oh, okay. torching him. Okay. Because uh, we already established that he knows how to use a blowtorch earlier on. Plus, like, if you see the hands in that shot, it's definitely Corey. It's not Michael Myers. Okay, gotcha. My my mistake there. But I thought it was bizarre and, and I guess sort of comedic where he's got all this action happening. He's taking on all these people, but he takes the time and there's a cutaway to get this. To, like, wouldn't he just kill? I mean, like, just kill the person to right. do this, you know, this gag. Well, he, well, he's so bad, you know, he wants to torture him. He's got to he's got to go. Yeah. Head up, set up his yeah. tank and follow the OSHA rules to kill her properly. But anyway, so I messed that up. But my point being, a similar thing happens in the final confrontation, again, spoiler alert, between Michael Myers and Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, where he takes her hand instead of just like killing her. Yeah. He takes the time to get her to turn on <laughs> a garbage disposal. Yeah. And then he takes her hand and to get it into the garbage disposal. Uh -huh. And I think gets it sounded like he got it in there. He got like a probably like the tip of her finger little bit just like a little nip and then she she yanked it right out and she was okay yeah she, she's totally you know, fine yeah however old jamie lee curtis is at this point she was a able couple to nails, maybe like a, a little layer of skin on the fingertip she's got good bone density i guess and was able yeah. to throw them right on the table and then yeah. do this sort of maybe prolonged she plays guitar she's got calluses on the tips of her fingers or didn't yeah putting her hand in the in the garbage disposal seemed to give her more strength Maybe they were saying that too. Maybe that was a whole other thing. Jamie Lee Curtis character also has the evil inside her because we all have it. Because it, it, it doesn't go for, you know, there's nobody's born evil. It just takes different shapes. Right. But yeah, and then again, yeah, the, the, the final climax isn't really a climax. The movie, it just peters out. It yeah. peters out. Michael Myers is dead. There's a lot of fake blood on the floor. And then there has to be and then Easily, the whole town comes together in a healing moment. In in the most ridiculous scene I think I've ever seen in a horror movie. Yeah. You know, like where it's they... There. It's up there. So Jamie Lee Curtis and her granddaughter. And the with, sheriff. With the, with, with the, yeah, what the guy who's been in a couple who was flirting with her randomly right. in, in, in the grocery store. They take his body... And, and strap right, it and to the car. They strap him... To, and they don't have... He doesn't have his mask on, from what I could tell. Yeah. No. So my point was, or is, they take this old man, they put him on the on the hood of the car or the top of the roof of the car, and they drive him around town to show everybody, okay, look, this evil. And, and start a caravan. Right, they start a caravan. Everyone's celebrating the, the massacre to, to the of, this, of this senior citizen right. so they can come together and all uh, get over with and cope with their trauma. But my point being, how do they know it's Michael Myers? It just looks like nobody's seen him without his mask. It's just like... Yeah, they all and they all and they all somehow the streets are lined. It was like the OJ thing. Like, was it on the news? They all just well, they killed see, the DJ, right? The, the 24 hour news source I, is I gone. Love, well, like in the real world, like the next day, there'd be some conspiracy theory website started saying that was not Michael Myers. That is fake news. <laughs> yeah, where's his mask? Those are those hey, crisis actors. You know what? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's how they're going to do the new one. Maybe that they're going to come back and be like, oh, no, that was Anthony Michael Hall. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't Michael Myers. But, yeah, it's it's laughably bad. And I, I'm sorry if you watch that scene and you don't think that's ridiculous. I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm just because I've heard there are some good reviews coming out. But, I put uh, out a, a tweet last night because last night I chose to watch the new Dario Argento movie on Twitter I, I instead of this because I. One, I love trashy Italian horror. I, I am a sucker for trashy Italian horror. And there's always that, that sort of artistic mystique of Dario Argento, even though he's been so wrong for 
probably the last 20 years. It's like 20, 25, maybe 30 we're, years. We're going on like a good 20, 25 years of not good Dario Argento films. But I got to say, like, if like it, it, it delivered on what you would expect from a Dario Argento film. He did not like swerve the, off the formula. In fact, it was kind of a very much a return to form. Like, is it particularly good? No, not really. Are there ridiculous moments? Absolutely. But it still falls within what you would expect a Dario Argento film to be. And I still stand by my statement from last night that I'm still like, it, it's still the, the artsy better choice than watching Halloween ends. And yeah, if you take that criteria. Sorry, that I, I used I used air quotes there, like stuttering John. Like stu- well, you, did you use them correctly? Probably not, but that, that's why stuttering John is just. I've been just so always... self conscious about that since I started watching it. Yeah, I love anyway, the guy. Sorry. He, he doesn't know the concept of quotes. That like no. you know, he so just says. What if, so what if the money goes <laughs> to me and not an actual charity? Oh, that's the best. And just the way that kind of all went away too. How like Stuttering John just doesn't bring that up. I guess today I saw on Twitter, he, he got rid of all his old videos. Like he, he used to have, I, he must be like just waking up because, you know, people get so much content from his own stuff and he went and he had like hundreds of songs. I mean, hundreds of videos. And now there's just like seven on his page. Apparently. I bet you his lawyer told him like, listen, if you want to please stop wasting your money on these lawsuits. And the best way for you to do that is to not give people the opportunity to show your, your clips, limit your content, limit your content. Somebody, yeah, somebody must have uh, advised them. Yeah, just stop, stop putting so much out there and don't leave it out there forever. But what I was going to say, and I'm starting to choke. Yeah. Sorry that we got, that I got us off the, the top. No, I, there. dude, I can talk about stuttering John all day and all night. I mean, like, I'm just, I'm too, I'm too wrapped up in it. But if you take the criteria, you said, okay, it's an Ardario Argento film. There's a, you have certain expectations going into it, and it, it just has to serve those expectations at this point because yeah. you're a fan yeah. and you just want to you just yeah. want to experience Dario Argento. And it definitely was a return to form, for better or worse, whatever you think of Dario Argento. It was a Dario Argento film, which is one of the many faults of Halloween ends. You go in with a certain expectation. That's what I was trying to get to. We can yeah. respect the fact they tried something different, but it just, it doesn't work. It, it doesn't not work only, and it's not a Halloween film. It just doesn't feel, yeah, you don't get what you expect. You're, there, it's the most unsatisfying uh, um, Halloween movie. Uh, even if you take, even see, I mean, Season of the Witch is a whole, I, I don't know, I have to watch it again, but. I like it, but I, I know it's an acquired taste. Yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't seen it. don't like it. I, I, and I, I'm so stubborn. Silly. I just remember seeing it for the first time and not knowing it wasn't going to be a hot. And I've just never forgiven it. Like it was, you know, like I'll never forget the New York Mets for getting rid of like Dwight Gooden and all the cocaine. I'll just never, it just, it hurt me uh, as a child. So, uh, but anyway, so I guess that that's Halloween. And I don't know what else we can say about it. Cause now I'm, I'm just running out of things to say. Yeah, I think. And the stuttering John stuff. Yeah, I'm all. God bless you, stuttering John. See one too many. All right. So what's uh, what's up next for Mondo Creepy now? You're kind of, I mean, you're basking in the fact that you're now on a great Roku channel with all, I didn't really realize there's a whole other world of all these horror hosts out there and Mr. Lobo now. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of good there's stuff. A, like I told you before, there's a whole subculture of horror hosts out there. And they all know each other and it's it, it's a whole thing. So, and I don't want to say anything because I might upset somebody or somebody might mistake something I said the wrong way and then becomes, and I try to stay out of that drama. Oh, it there gets a little, 
It gets okay. Oh, there, it gets a lot sometimes. See, sometimes. that's that's what what I, I want to stay out of it. I stay out of it. That that's wise. Yeah, I, I run and I my told mouth. Jennifer to stay out of it. One of my uh, one of the great things about the Stuttering John reaction world is that it's people of all political stripes. You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody will say something political and it's like, what, we're here, we're here for stuttering John, man. It doesn't even but, matter. Even well, though stuttering all, John's a political show, but he's so, it, he's so not a political show. Cause he doesn't know what he's talking it about. It all stems from the fact that like people feel bad for stuttering John and then they'll try and reach out to him to be an ally. And he just burns that bridge. He it's burns just, that bridge. And the next thing you know, like, like for instance, radio gunk, which for some reason, God help me. Like I, I watch Monique. I listen to it. Sure. Like, like at first I'm like, wow, this is, this is weird. This is a whole show where they do nothing but hate on the Stern show. But then I listen, I'm like, you know what? I completely agree with everything they're saying. They're such experts. They're like encyclopedias such, of Howard Stern fascinating. stuff. Like they'll bring up stuff that happened 25 years ago and exactly. And like, you'll remember, like, oh yeah, that did happen exactly then. It's crazy. It's like, it's like Mark's friggin', but with commentary. I yeah. love the fact that but, one of the one of the great one of the one of the sea changes in the whole stuttering John stuff is well, when that's what I'm saying. It's now Monique, Monique, yeah, Monique, she aligned herself with to. Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. originally reached out to John, like in a moment of like sort of sympathy and to be like, "Hey, like, are you okay? Like, talk to me. We, you know, I'm not going to judge you." And he burned that bridge, and now she's on, you know, who are these podcasts and, and things like that. Yeah, it is at this point, you know, I mean, even I got blocked by him on Twitter and I, I never thought, I mean, who am I? Why would you bother blocking me? I, I, I always thought I, I wasn't you like truly on your show. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Oh, yeah, that's true. OK, but I you know, who I guess. Yeah, maybe he saw it. But uh, but even in that interview, I, I made it a point to try he to definitely get... saw it because it probably popped up in his in his alerts because you put his name in the headline of that episode. Oh yeah, he is he is great for page views. I mean, I love it. I feel like I'm an actual YouTuber now because I get 100 views as opposed to nine, all because of Stuttering John. But I tried to get, you know, in that interview, Shuli said something nice about him because I do think, you know, as, as, as ridiculous as he is and he's his own worst enemy, and, and I mean, and there's so many talented people that are way more talented. Surely was very fair because I listened to that and I heard what he said. And yeah, he said something very yeah. fair about it. He was like, yeah, he, the guy has a, has a legacy on the Howard Stern show. He definitely does. And he's so, not trying to do it to be malicious, except you made it personal. Yeah, yeah. So, but even with that, like Stuttering John is just so, I don't know, he's so pigheaded. I've just never seen anything like it. Uh, he's, but, but anyway, that's, that, that's Stuttering John. All right, Matt from Mondo Creepy. I guess that's it. It's twelve twenty-three in the AM. It is. I think we. I think we had two viewers. All that's right. pretty good. I don't know how to do the live chat. Actually, if people were asking questions or making fun of us, I guess it would. I guess it would show up here. Did I miss anything? It should show up on YouTube, shouldn't it? I mean, I'd have, I've never done a live stream, so I mean, I've done the, the watch parties for the show where everybody yeah. chats at the same time. I got it on my phone. Yeah, no, I don't think we missed anything. It, it says one like and one viewer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, stuttering! I, you know what? I didn't put stuttering John in the title. That was stupid of me. Damn it! All right, let's end it with this. <laughs> what is your problem with this kid? This guy fucked up the LeBaron. This guy fucked up the LeBaron. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for doing this, dude. Thank you very much for having me. Somehow I got to stop it now. All right.